Welcome to another edition of the Gold Nose Podcast. I am your host, Gregory McCoy. This podcast is by a fan for fans. I am not a journalist. I am not a reporter. I am not a insider. I do not work for a website. The majority of my content comes from me and my opinion. Other information comes from the internet. Um, Great win against Georgia Tech last week. Um, You got Miami this week. You know, the preparation should be different. The mood should be different. And your your offensive, defensive, and special team strategies should be different. You can't go into this game taking Miami lightly. Because, um, I, like I've said over the past couple weeks, these guys, if they're ever going to, if Miami is ever going to go all out, if they're ever going to come in with 100% focus, if they're, gonna, if they're ever going to play as hard as they can, it's going to be this game. So can Florida State meet the challenge? We'll see. Um. You know, I I said I alluded to last week that Florida State would play down to Georgia Tech. And in my opinion, in the first quarter, they did. Um, You know, that little red zone play with Tua Philly, I don't like that. Okay? That's just being too cute. Okay? You've got got a a war hammer in Trey Benson. Okay? Line him up behind Marquise and Douglas and pound the football. Okay? You you ran that little inside trap play with the tight end. You didn't run it with Douglas. You ran it with Cam McDonald. And you got six yards off of it with Cam McDonald. So I just don't understand. And I w- I'm not calling for that play in that inside the five. Because that just... That's not the right play to call, but a dive play with Marquise and Douglas being the fullback to me would have been the right play right there. Now, I'm I'm just saying Mike Norvell has probably forgotten more football than I'll ever know. But to me, that that would have been the right play instead of trying to be cute with a read option or quarterback keeper or some kind of, you know, cute little pass play right there. Um. The onside kick, I didn't like that. We were not prepared for that. It's like, do you do any preparation for onside kicks? Um, you know, we gotta, we gotta, um, we gotta get, um, a just a sense of urgency. I just don't feel like we have that sense of urgency. Um, You know, it's Miami week, man. Like I said, these last, with the exception of the blowout in the COVID year, two years ago, all these games have been close the last several years. So I, that's what I expect. I expect a a 2017 type game. You know what I'm saying? That this and I, I I love 
I don't like the close games. I'd rather blow Miami out of the water. But, you know, you can appreciate competition. And that's what they're going to bring to the table. So, um, now that the only the only team now that I feel like we're going to have an issue with is Florida. Because they, they actually, for a period of time there, was, you know, going head-to-head with Georgia. But Georgia just pulled away because they have better offensive line talent than uh their than Florida's defensive line. So that's what eventually um won out for Georgia. Um but Florida Florida is a good team, man. And uh that's that's the one team that I say that we can't beat. I think we can beat Miami. Uh, Syracuse to me is a fraud now that they've actually played some some decent teams. Um, so I I don't think that beating them is off the table. Louisiana, we I think we can beat them. I think we can get to eight wins. I can see eight wins, eight and four. That to me, that's what I was calling for at the beginning of the season: seven and five, eight and four. I said this team was going to lose a couple games they should have won. And, uh, you know, NC State was the game that they should have won to be 6-2 and two right now. Wake Forest is a fraud. Okay, how, how did Louisville beat the you-know-what out of Wake Forest? They attacked that mesh. That's what you have to do. You have to attack it. And... That's what Louisville did. They forced five turnovers, six turnovers, whatever it was, and they 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 beat they beat the um breaks off of Wake Forest. Now we could have did that, but we didn't attack. We we uh tried to sit back in zone, and they gutted us with the run game. Um. So you know we we we've got a long way to go in terms of uh getting back to the Florida State, you know, traditional championship football level. A famous man once said that a lot of your personnel issues can be answered with the players that you have on your roster. And and I'm paraphrasing. It was he use different words but it's basically the same meaning um i feel like just from years past that amari gainer can be a great edge rusher and the fact that you're not using him in that light i just think that's just something i would i would venture to say that he's probably your third best pass rusher just from what I've seen. I think versus obviously the best, then Patrick Payton, and then I would say Amari Gaynor. McClendon can't disengage. Briggs can disengage, but he, he doesn't have the speed to get to the quarterback. And the same thing with Leonard Warner. He can disengage. He's strong. But he doesn't have the speed to get to the quarterback. So 
Amari Gaynor is what, 6'3", 240, 235, 240. He, he can stand up and rush the quarterback. He's an excellent blitzer. Um, so I, I just don't understand why you're not utilizing him in that role. I mean, from watching him again from years past, I said on many, many episodes, he's not a coverage linebacker. And yo, you guys finally took him out of that role. Um, you guys referring to the coaching staff. He's not good in coverage, but he's a great pass rusher, blitzer. And I, me personally, I would use him on third downs. Um, just stand him up and let him rush off the edge. See what happens. Um, Brandon Gant. Okay. A uh, undersized in terms of weight linebacker. He got some. He got some uh, playing time in the Georgia Tech game. Looked good. I I I I never said it on the podcast because I wanted to see how he would look as a linebacker, but that was a good move. So I give them kudos for that. Um, Julian Armella. Okay, just go back and watch the tape. Okay, he played, him and Robert Scott played against the same guy, and Julian Armella dominated dominated that dude. Whereas Robert Scott struggled with him. So, I don't know if it's just these last four, five games that they're going to give Armella a look. And, uh, you know, see if he can be the guy next season at left tackle. Um, but to me, he looked good. He looks the part. Um, he, he looks like he could play for Georgia on the offensive line. That's how he looks to me, in my opinion. Um, I really can't think of anyone else. Um that we're not utilizing that could help us. Um, just those guys. But I exclude Brandon Gant too because I think that, you know, they they're starting to use him a little bit more. But um Amari Gaynor and Julian Armel I think could really help this team. Uh Darius Washington, I would say, as an interior lineman. Um particularly at center. I think he's a better center than Mari Smith, but that's just my opinion. Um, I, I think that Darius Washington could be an all-ACC type player at guard or center. But, I mean, obviously we're getting good guard play and we're getting good right tackle play. Um, and... You know, I'm not saying these guys are bad people or nothing like that. I just feel like you have to put your best players out there to try to win games. Um, you know, that's that's really the name of that's why you play the game to win. You don't play the game to uh to um to lose or to have allegiances to certain type of players. Or certain players, I should say, you put the best players out there to win. Um, 
In the last several years, Florida State hasn't always done that. Um, in the Georgia Tech game, I liked how they got Johnny Wilson involved. They threw some jump balls to him. Um, you know, I had been calling for that. So it's, it's just nice to see that, you know, to Philly also. Um, they, they, they tried to get him a couple screens. They tried to do that little wildcat play. And it didn't work. But Tua Philly might be your second or even your best uh, most dynamic player. I think Tra uh, Jordan Travis is probably your most dynamic player on offense in terms of speed, agility, and, and um, you know, playmaking ability. Um, then I think Tua Philly is right there. I mean, I think he could be, I think he could be uh, like a, he could be a wide receiver or a running back. Um, I really like him on offense. Um, so I like the way they used him in the game. Uh, Ja'Kai Douglas, another one of those, um, Hybrid guys, and I, I think Norvell kind of likes those hybrid guys. Um, but I, I just, I'm coming to believe that Mike Norvell wants to be a running team. He wants to get the running game going and then, you know, do some stuff off of that run game. Trey Benson was an excellent pickup. I mean, he, like I said earlier in this in this podcast, he's a warhammer. I mean, people just bounce off of him, man. And, uh, you know, I like it. He's got speed, too. He's got some moves in the open field, too. He doesn't just run with power. Um, you know, just looking through some of these uh, social media groups for Florida State, you're, you're already penciling Miami in as a win. And I, you know, I like I said, on the last episode, players are going to pretend like they don't read this stuff, but they read this stuff. And the last thing you want to fill their head, their heads with is complacency. Like, you know, we're just going to walk out there and win because we're Florida State. And they, they, you know, I would hope that they're not that gullible. Miami's going to come out there and put up a, a unbelievable effort to win that game they don't they don't want to lose back to back to florida state so you have to you have to match that intensity um so i it's a still a very dangerous roster they they haven't lived up to you know what they were billed to be this season but they still got playmakers all over the field they still have you know, good players in the trenches. But anytime that you have a first-year head coach, there's going to be resistance. And that's what Miami is going through right now. I mean, it's, it's rare that you have a first-year head coach that comes in and just, you know, balls out. I mean, I guess Lincoln Riley could be that exception. But, I mean, that's Southern California. 
So a little bit different place to be. You you know, you're going to you might tend to act right when you're out in Southern California. You might want to buy in a little faster when you're in Southern California. So uh, that's kind of the exception to the rule. But Miami, um, same type of atmosphere, I guess, but different in a sense. Um, and two different kinds of coaches. Um, you know, the one thing about that coach, and his name escapes me, and it shouldn't, but it does. He's a hell of a recruiter. And I said that earlier, he's going to get guys. So once he, once he starts getting the players, he's going to get better coordinators. And you just look for Miami to be back. Um, I think they're four and four, right? Hey man, nothing, nothing to be ashamed of there. I mean, like I said, most of the time when a new coach takes over that first year, they're going to struggle because you, you're basically flipping the roster and you're churning players out that are not buying in. I mean, it happened to us when Norvell took over. He had to get a lot of those guys off the roster. So, but I say all of that to say that Miami's going to be a problem down the line. So if you can get this win now and make some more headway in terms of recruiting in the state of Florida, I think that would be very beneficial to this football program. I forgot to mention uh, Fabian Lovett. I really wanted to talk about him at the beginning of this episode, but I kind of forgot. Um, you can see that the defense played a lot better when he was on the field. Um, I would say he's arguably our best defensive player. Some people might say verse. Some people might say Tatum Bethune. Um, but I think I think it's Fabian Lovett. I think just the lift he gave the defense um, for this game was tremendous. The defensive line played a lot better. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know by the end of the season or later on this year if he's going to go pro, but he's going to be really missed. Um, I would just, you know, for this football team over the last four games, I, I think you got a chance to go 4-0. I think you got a legit shot. But it, it, it really... It's Miami week. Um, it's officially, um, you know, time to just let's let, you know, it's time to it's officially time to try to redirect, you know, everything that that you've been preaching and and saying and, and try to channel that into a uh, an all out effort against Miami. You know, I just I the LSU game was the best game that that I had until the end there when when LSU got back into the game because we let them back into the game. But for for 85 percent of that game, we dominated. 
And that's the kind of effort that we need. You know, you can you cannot get caught up in the nonsense. And when I say nonsense, that's, you know, fan hype, media hype, self hype, NFL draft hype. Like the goal right now is to beat Miami. And if you good enough, everything else going to take care of itself. Um, so, the, you know, I mean, I'll get into the, the guys that can potentially go to the NFL and be successful, you know, after the season. But, you know, I, I, I think that the focus right now needs to be Miami. And beating them, dominating them, um, but you you can't come in here taking that opponent lightly, because like I said, if they're ever going to play well, if they're ever going to put forth a monumental, focused effort, is going to be against Florida State. They they don't want to lose to their rival, and the coaches know that hey, if we lose this game. You know, this could sway recruiting. So I would I would really feel like. I would really feel like it would behoove. Florida State to, to come out here and dominate. Um, I think, you know, I think we got a pretty good team. I think we could have been special this year. You know, if we can finish the year nine and three, that would be a very special year. Get to a bowl game, get to ten wins, that would be phenomenal. You know, it used to be it used to be fans in this fan base that would get upset about a ten win season. When the last time we seen ten wins uh, against Michigan in the in the Orange Bowl was the last time we probably won 10, 11 games. Uh, Dalvin Cooks last year. So, you know, I think we can be special. Or was it, it might have been his, uh, I can't really think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the last year we won 10 games. It's Dalvin Cooks last year when we played Michigan in the, uh, in the Orange Bowl. So, um, a, a ten-win season right now would be a dream. A nine-win season right now, it would be. I mean, for us to get back to even to that point would be phenomenal. So, I think, uh, like I said earlier, you got to look at Armella, the at left tackle, or as. You know, I think he's better than Robert Scott. I really feel like he is. I feel like Darius Washington could play center better than Maurice Smith. I feel like Amari Gaynor could give you something off the edge. I feel like he you're not utilizing him at all. 6'3", almost 240 pounds. Um, he you could you could put him in situationally in third downs and let him Rush the quarterback. Um, so I, I would just like to see some slight personnel changes. I would like to see some the play calling against Georgia Tech was 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 actually 
very creative, very different. I liked it. And I just more the same, more basic stuff on defense. Not nothing too creative, nothing too, uh, you know, exotic, just basic, uh, you know, fundamental defense. I think when you look back on this season, it's going to be a season of missed opportunity to really have a special season. And when I say special, I mean like ACC championship or playoff. I really, I really felt like after watching the LSU game, if, if we could have stayed healthy, I think we could have really been special. Um, but, you know, injuries are a part of the game and you have to, you know, it's next, it's the next man up mentality. And uh, we just, we just missed on our opportunities. I felt like in the losses, the, the, the defensive strategy for the weight game was, I don't know what the defensive strategy was in the weight game. NC State, you know, we know what that game was. And Clemson, I just felt like, hey, we, we just, Clemson was the better team. They made more plays. Um, I'm not going to say they have better players. Um, but they they were just a better team, and, 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 and that's just all it was. I think we're closing the gap on Clemson. Um, I think, you know, if we can get more depth on the offensive and defensive lines, if we can improve at, on those two, at those uh, two critical areas, I think, is you know, skill position, I think we got some great skill position guys. I think we got some good linebackers and we just got to keep recruiting, building through um, the portal. And I think we can, I think we can be very good in the, in the very near future. I mean, you know, the standard is championships, not bowl games. The standard is conference championship, national championships. And, uh, you know, it's been a rough five, six years for, for this, this, uh, program and the fans. Um, can we go four and oh, these last four games? Yeah, we can, but just, I mean, I don't know. Coming off that bye week, we just didn't look crisp like I thought we would. Um, we pulled it together in the second half, but and I know we had a twenty four to three lead, but it was just too many just you know mistakes in my opinion. I just felt like we could have been that much more crisp and focused and just um more attention to detail. Um, so that's, that's just something that this coaching staff and these players have to work on. Um, Jordan Travis had a great game. Uh, but like I said, it all came together in the second half, but, you know, not playing well 
it, it didn't cost you in this game. Like some of the mistakes you made in the first half, you know, you were still able to just get a 24-3 lead against a, a lesser talented team. But, you know, when you make those mistakes against a Wake Forest or a NC State or a uh, Clemson, you lose those games. And that's that's what we have to do in the future is uh, just don't make those mistakes. And uh, the future is bright, man. I, I feel a lot better about Florida State football today than I did, you know, nine, ten months ago. Um, so kudos to Mike Norvell. Um, he flipped his roster. He got rid of some of the bad apples that were in this program. Um, I think he's gotten the players that are on his team to buy in. There's no quit. And, uh, you know, I think once he gets that offensive line straightened out, where he got where he has a power offensive line and he gets that defensive line straightened out where they're dominating and there's depth in both areas it, Florida State's going to be back man so um you know I didn't want to I didn't want this podcast to be complaining after a win um you know, there there were some mistakes that could have cost you if you played a tougher opponent, but luckily it didn't. So I'm thankful for the win. We're five and three. We got a chance to get bowl eligible against Miami. And hopefully we can accomplish that. So, you know, it's Miami week. I love Miami week. I love talking smack to Miami fans. So we'll see what happens. Um, that concludes this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, the podcast is available on YouTube and on all podcast platforms. And as always, go Dose.